Get your Bibles open. I'm going to go through quite a few scriptures, and I want to do a, a, something a little different than I usually do. I want to make this a little more of a Bible study, but this is uh, something the Lord put on my heart. First Peter chapter 3, if you'll get there. Uh, how many, I've got up on the screen, questions and answers. How many know that this world's got a lot of questions? Has everybody, anybody run into anybody like that? Questions, got questions, and all kinds of questions. And the biggest question they have, whether they realize it or not, is about life, eternal life. God, why there's a void in their heart. Someone asked me today, why do, you, why do you search for God? They asked me that question, why do you search for God? And I want you to think about that. How, how many know that there's no answer to that? Why do you search for God? So let me ask you something to go off of that question. Uh, last time you got hungry and you felt hunger, did you know why? You just went and did something about it, right? There was a hunger in you when you went and ate. Someone said, hey, let's go eat. And you say, why? Because you're hungry. But you don't know why you're hungry, other than the obvious meaning that you did haven't eaten since last time you ate. But the same thing happens spiritually. There's a hunger in us for God. And every single person in this world has that hunger, but they don't know it. They don't know what they're hungering for is God. And there's people that are looking for answers, church, every day. And we know we're in the last days. We know we're in the end times. We know we're in a time where Jesus could come back at any moment. And we need to tell people about Jesus. Amen. People need to know that there's hope. Yes, so I want to give you some, this, this might be the best note-taking message I've ever given you. And I'm serious about that. I'm going to teach you how to lead someone to the Lord right now. Yeah. Right now. Because I, 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 I want to be a soul winner. And I, I know you want to be a soul winner. And you might say, well, I don't know how. I'm going to teach you how real quick. There are some key verses that you've got to know. And if you can't memorize them all, which you're probably not going to be able to do, you need to write them down real quick tonight. And I'm going to teach you the key verses that somebody needs to know to be saved. And questions come to us. And I'm going to write, read this one real quick. This is, this is not the, the road that I'm going to take you on. But 1 Peter 3.15 says this. Uh, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And always... Say always. always. That doesn't mean sometimes. Always means always. That means at any moment. That doesn't mean that you feel like it. That doesn't mean that you're having a good day. Doesn't mean you have it all together. Always means always. Be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a, for a reason for the hope that is in you. That's a good verse. Why do you believe in God? Why do you have hope? What is your hope in? I hope you do have hope. I hope you're not just coming to church and claiming to be a Christian and don't have hope. We have hope tonight. Our hope is in Jesus. It's the blessed hope, the Bible says. My hope is that I believe in something real and that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to spend eternity with God. Contrary to the other direction, which is the other place people go. I don't want to go there. So I have a hope tonight in Jesus, and he's the only one that can get me there. And y'all are looking at me like you're tired and like a cow nukes at a new gate, but I'm going to wake you up. Amen. Amen? Smile at me real quick. Amen. All right. Let me read that again. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. What if someone asked you right now, tonight, after church, on, at store, somewhere, what if someone just came up and asked you, why do you believe what you believe? Why do you believe what you believe? I had someone ask me today to try to, I was being asked by a friend to help a friend. They were talking about the Lord. 
and they tried to ask me to tell them how would you find how would you look for God if you didn't know God it's kind of a hard question because I only know my personal testimony about how I found God but I had to stop and think for a second what what that meant and I tried to think back before I knew God what I was thinking see sometimes we can be saved for so long or be walking with God for so long we forget what the hope is that we have we forget it's not fresh in us anymore and and I was trying to think out I was trying to remember what it was like what I used to think back before I met the Lord and I'm so in love with God now and have so much of the word in me now that it was hard for me to remember what it was like not knowing God that's a good thing Amen, because my, my reference is not what I feel or what I think. My reference is the Bible. So I tried to take him to a place where I said I'd, I'd begin to try to figure out and understand that there is only, there has to be a truth to be found. And if there's a truth, there has to be a manual of how to be in the truth. And then I began to share that the Bible has become that for me and I've seen how it's been proven. Now, I'm not going to give you any scriptures yet, but I want you to think about something if, if somebody asks you, what's your, what do you believe? Why do you believe? How do you know the Bible's true? How many know there's a whole lot of religions and they all say that we have, there's only one God? Okay, except for Hinduism. There's millions of gods. But most religions say, you'll hear them say, we all believe in the same God. There's just one true God. That's the fact. There is just one true God. There's only one. There's not two, there's not three, there's not one for the Muslims, one for the Christians, one for the, for the Buddhists. There's only one God. But there is also only one way to get to God. And that's the key. And so if, if one religion says, well, there's, there's, only, uh, there, there's only one God, and so you say, well, how, how do I know that the God I believe in, or the, the Bible I read, or how do I know that my faith is the, tr- is the right one? So you're going to have people ask you that question. How do you know? Well, first and foremost, you need to have an experience with God that when all else fails and you don't think you have the answer, you say, I can tell you one thing for sure. I'm changed. You can't deny change. You can't deny a life that has been changed. And that, that's always got to be a reference point. Okay, I'm going to give you some scriptures in a second, but you need to know some things to say. You need to know some defenses. You need to know, know some ways that you can tell somebody why you believe what you believe and not be stuck like, uh, well, uh, let me go ask my pastor or let me call my dad or my mom or, or uh, let me, let me, uh, let me, I'll get back to you. You need to know why you believe what you believe. And, and on this Wednesday night, maybe this is a good night for us to just, uh, you know, low crowd, talk about this for a second. Figure out, why do, we, why do I believe what I believe? I wish I had time to walk around and not put you on the spot, but get your answer. Why do you believe what you believe? And, and, and hopefully it wouldn't be a, well, let me ask my mom. Come on, how many get what I'm saying? Personal belief. Why? Well, I know why I believe, and I hope you know why you believe. So I had this guy ask me today, uh, you know, I go play basketball whenever I get a chance for exercise, and that's my place where I feel like I have the best opportunity to share my faith. That's just where my, my, that's my place. Everybody has a place where you feel comfortable. And, and, and you know, that's kind of why Dwayne's here, you know, because we met on the basketball court, and, and that's why Brian's here. And that's just, that's where I have an opportunity to talk to people, and I feel comfortable. Just Everybody has a, a platform in your life where you feel comfortable talking to somebody about something. 
So I was at the court today, and I had taken a couple of friends that are believers with me up to the, up to the gym, and, and, I, and I brought them up here first, and I showed them the Revelations 12 sign and, and blew them away. And they were like, wow. And so we walked out, and they said, uh, do you need some water, ma'am? We'll get you some. Yeah, help her out, please, somebody. We got it, Esther. Yep, you're welcome. And uh, we, we, I, we, we went up there, and I said, we got to go get some souls. We got to go tell some people about the Lord. Amen. Jesus come back anytime. We need to be conscious of souls. That's why I want to go over this. And so we got done playing and man, God opened up a door and I had an opportunity to talk to this guy that I've known for several years, but it was just like, he was me and him. And I started talking to him and I had him for like 10 minutes and man, he was listening to me really, really listening. And, and I was sharing Jesus with him. I was sharing my faith with him. And then I was going to walk out and leave. And I saw my friend was talking to some other guys over there. And as I was leaving, they kind of pulled me into the conversation and I started sharing my faith with them. And, and, and then I got to talk to this other guy one-on-one -on -one. and he had served in Iraq for six years and seen lots and lots of bad stuff. A lot, a lot of bad stuff. He told me, I don't think I can be forgiven for what I've done. And I began to share the Bible. And he was saying, I'm searching. He, he basically said, I'm searching. Do you realize, church, how much people are searching? They're searching. But where's, who has the answer? We do. The questions are there. But who's got the answer? We do. And we need to get to a place where we give that answer when it's asked. And not be like, well, let me pass that on to somebody else. Because let me give you a newsflash. That might be, you might be the last person they talk to before they pass into eternity. And you need to plant Jesus in them. You need to tell them about the Lord. So this guy asked me, and I began to think, and this is where the Bible says we need to be ready at any moment to give defense to anyone who is asking for reason for your hope. Amen? Anyone at any moment. Amen? Anyone at any moment. Any moment, anyone. What do you believe? And if you're praying and you're reading the Bible and, you, and, you're, and you're asking God to help you, he'll put stuff in your mind. He'll put stuff in your heart. He'll put stuff in your spirit at the moment you need it to be able to help somebody. Amen. And he asked me, you know, why do you believe what you believe? And, and I thought to myself, I believe the Bible because the Bible's been around a long time. It was around before these other religions tried to come around. And and I gave him this one thing, and this one thing came to my mind, and this might be a really good thing for you to use. This isn't the, the, the exact scriptures yet, but this might be a really good thing. Jesus, when he died, we know that the focal point of our faith is Jesus. It, you cannot, don't go theology, don't go doctrine, don't go off on all these other begats and genealogies. Tell them Jesus is the answer. You need Jesus Christ. You need to call out to Jesus. And so I said, Jesus, I believe Jesus Christ, I believe God came down from heaven to this earth as a, as a man, and he died for me. And I said, the reason I believe that is because the book of Isaiah talked about his death, talked about where he'd be born, talked about how he would die, talked about how many times they would beat him, talked about how they would pierce his side. I said, everything that they said would happen to Jesus was prophesied 700 years before it happened. Think, think about this one, one way you can talk to somebody, share your faith. 700 years before it was talked about. And so I said, here's, there's, there's only one of two things that happened. Okay, you, you with me? Only one of two things could have happened for that to, be, to, to take place. One is, it was real. And it happened because God prophesied it and, and he's real. Which is what we believe. 
The other is, think about this, what would have had to have happened for Isaiah to be prophesied and for it to happen like it happened, the Romans who crucified Jesus would have had to have been reading the book of Isaiah. And they would have had to say, okay, the Bible says in Isaiah that we need to grab him by his beard and gank it. The Bible says in Isaiah that we need to, we need to go and we need to beat him. The Bible says in Isaiah we need to slash him. We, the Bible says we need to spit on him. The Bible says we need to make him so he's not recognizable. The Bible says we need to crucify him, on, on, put nails in his hands. And How many are following me? They would have had to read the I, book of Isaiah word for word for it to happen like it happened if it wasn't God. And there's no way in the world the Romans were going to do that to fulfill God's word or even knew how. How many follow me on that? That's a really good case for Christ. If you think, how can I prove the Bible's real? Ask that person you're talking to you, can you tell me something's going to happen next week? <clears throat> Try to tell me something's going to happen next week. You can't. Let alone 700 years. Let alone 2,000. Now we're talking 2,700 years later. It's real. But I want to take you, if you get to this place, when you have a defense for your faith, I want to show you real quick some scriptures to write down. Simple. That you can tell people, I, 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 I witnessed to this guy today, and, I, and, and at the end, I almost had him. I almost had him saying the sinner's prayer with me right there on the basketball court. He got up, and he said, I'm going to get saved one of these days. And I told him at that moment, when he said that, I said, listen, I'm going to tell you one more story. I said, you can't wait for salvation. I said, I had a, because he, he's young, probably 27, 28. I said, a 27-year-old friend dying in the basketball court with a heart attack, catching a ball. And it was over in a moment I said thank God I had led him to the Lord and he was saved and he's in heaven but I said you can't really wait you can't put this off and wait till you get older you need to let people know that amen Bible says life's like a vapor and so I said I'm going to send you I said give me your number I'm going to start sending you a Bible verse every day and, and, then I, and he gave me his number and I said I'm going to send you some scriptures right now and I want you to read them and you say, that, you say those prayers and you'll be saved and I'm going to give them to you go to John 3, 6, John 3 real quick um, you might this for some of you you might recognize some of these verses but these are the key verses you need to take somebody to to lead them to the Lord now obviously you're not always going to have a chance to say hey let's open the Bible and let me show you you're going to have to learn some of these or at least know where they're at amen John chapter 3 say amen when you get there I want to write it down and read it real quick I'm going to walk you through this keys to getting somebody saved because church we have got to get these people putting their faith in Christ Tomorrow, we don't know what tomorrow brings. And we need to get these people put in their faith in Christ today. We can't wait for tomorrow. We've got to have an urgency in our spirits about this. And you can't change them. You can't save them. But you can tell them. Let, let God be God. Roman, John 3.16 says, you've heard it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever. How many are thankful for that? Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Okay, you start with that. If you can't get anything else out, give him John 3, 16. God loved this world so much that he gave his only son. And whoever believes on him will be saved. Whoever does not will be condemned. That's left and right, straight and narrow, wrong or right, heaven or hell. That's it. God loved us. He died for us. That's salvation. Now go to Romans. And we're gonna, the, the, really, there's something called the Roman road to salvation. 
And I'm going to take you through, uh, if you're taking notes, just three different verses and chapters that are key to getting someone, to, to, to someone says, hey, because I want to ask you this question, questions and answers. What if somebody, praise God, you were witnessing or they saw your walk, what if they walked up to you and said, um, what do I need to be, do to be saved? Would you know? I hope you would. Would you know how to, how to do it? Or again, would you have to call somebody? I want you to know the basics of leading someone to Christ. Say in the prayer with them. Because obviously it's not just, just a prayer. We need to, they need to know why they're saying the prayer. And yes, yeah, sometimes it's, hey, repeat after me. and you say, But you need to have some key things in it, okay, that are very important. So Romans 5, and we're actually going to see Romans 3, Romans 5, and Romans 10. Okay, Romans 3, Romans 5, and Romans 10. So I told you 5, but look at 3 real quick. Key verse, write this down. Very important. How many have met somebody who says, well, I'm a good person? I'm a good person. I do a lot of good stuff, man. I, I, I do better, than, you know, more good than I do bad. Too bad. Don't matter. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. Okay, you write that down. For these verses from right here, from John to this, is a few verses I'm teaching, the Roman road, salvation, how to lead someone to the Lord. Key verses. If you'll get these, you know, you know what you should do if you're, if you're savvy on smartphones? When you get home tonight, put these verses in there and send a text to yourself. Make a little text. Send a text to yourself. And then when you meet someone or talk to someone on, on the road or in somewhere, hey, let me, can I get your number? And send them that. Said, and I sent that to this guy today. I said, faith in Jesus Christ and say this prayer and mean it from your heart and believe you'll be saved. I can't do anything more. It's on him now. But wouldn't it be awesome if tonight he's sitting there at 11 o'clock at night in his room, it's wherever he is, and the Holy Spirit's knocking on his heart and he feels the conviction. He says, I need, to give my, I need to get saved today. But he wouldn't have known how. But now he has a text in his phone he can go look at. He can go look at these verses and God's word will speak to him. Because how many know that God has to prepare these people? They have to be touched by the Holy Spirit. They have to get to a place where their heart is open. So we're all sinners. Don't over talk somebody. Don't, don't act like you know more than them. Don't make it difficult. Make them understand we're all worthless sinners. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. Nobody deserves salvation. We're all bad. Bad people. Romans 3.23. Simple verse. And then we'll skip real quick to Romans 6.23. Cool thing is it's they're both 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what does that show us right there? We, you're basically telling them the two keys. You're a sinner. And because you're a sinner, hell is your destination. Well, that sounds mean. They might not like that. Well, they're going to be glad you told them. It'd be better if they found out that way than when they get to hell. Can you say amen? So Romans 3.23 says we're all sinners. And we've all fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are worthy of salvation. Romans 6.23 says, Now the wages of sin is death. If you don't do something about your sin, you have cancer. You have AIDS. You are going to die. You are going to go to hell. You are separated from God. But that same verse says in verse 23 of 6, he says, But 
the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. It's pretty simple. You're a sinner. You're not worthy of God's glory. And the pain, payment for that, kids, be quiet over there. The payment for that is, is hell, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Praise God. Amen. He died for us. We don't have to go to hell. You, this is the Roman road. And then we'll end in Romans 10 in a second, but go back to 5 because I want, I want you to see a, a, a math equation that makes it real simple when you're trying to witness to somebody on this same road. These would be some good, some good verses to learn and memorize so that you can remember, okay, Romans, John 3, Romans 3, Romans 6, Romans 5. There's some key verses. Underline them. Put a star by it so you can open up your Bible and you can lead someone to the Lord. Because I'm telling you, you know, what, you know what leading someone to the Lord is? It's addicting. It's the best drug in the world. There's no greater feeling than when you have shared your faith with somebody and you know that even if they didn't get saved at that moment, they felt something. God touched them. You knew that you told them and now their blood is on them and not on you. It's a great feeling to know that you shared your faith with somebody, amen? And that you have released that from you. And I was telling some friends the other day, I don't want to, I don't know if it's going to play out this way, but I don't know about you, I don't want to ever get to heaven and have somebody come by me and point in my face and stick their fist at me and say, why didn't you tell me? I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that from anybody. I want to every, uh, we all fail. I've missed times, many opportunities, but I want to do my very best to have the opportunity to tell people Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Amen. You think, oh, what if I say it wrong? Oh, what if I represent wrong? God can take care of himself. He's just asking you to do what you do. Be real. Just be real. Just be yourself and believe what you believe. Amen. Believe what you believe. Romans 5, watch this. Verse 12. And 18, I'm going to show you two quick verses. See, this isn't that many verses, right? So far, John 3, 16 and 17. Romans 3, 23. Romans 6, 23. Now Romans 5, 12 and 18. says, therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin. And this, uh, this sin spread death to all men because all sinned. Okay, you write that down? Romans 5, 12. Simple. We all have cancer. We all have AIDS. We're all born to die. Why? Because one person messed up. Adam and Eve. Okay, since then, it's been in our bloodline. We're, we're doomed. We, they messed up. And he says, hey, I don't like that equation. I don't think that's fair. We'll take that up with God. You're going to lose. Amen? You got to get in your understanding. You don't have to defend God's word. God chose how he was going to do it. Just believe it and preach it. Well, I don't think that that's fair. Well, I don't think that's true. Well, they're going to have to answer to God for that. But the Bible says that sin is in our bloodline. Yes. Period. And you know what? If you really ask people the truth, they're going to admit, you know what? I'm, I make mistakes. Yeah. You know, you've seen that master's, uh, not ma the, the way of the master, uh, Kirk Cameron and his, and his friend, the guy that did the evolution video. They do a great job of taking the Ten Commandments and showing people every person they're a sinner. Ask that person that thinks they're super spiritual. Have you ever lied? Yeah, of course I've lied. You ever stole anything? Of course I have. Have you ever had a bad thought? Of course I had. And you take them through that little thing right there, and they're going to realize they're sinners. That's why the law was made. For us to realize we are sinners. And we, no matter how hard we try, no matter how good we are, we fail. Because God's standard is too high. That's why Jesus had to come. Jesus is the bridge. 
between a holy God and a worthless people like us. He's the bridge. He paid the price. So you saw that in Romans 5.12. Now look at 18. This is simple math. How many didn't like math when you were growing up? I didn't like math at all. I, bad. I did good in all my classes. Could not do, I mean, you know, plus and, plus and minus is easy, but the other stuff's crazy. Not good at math. This is an easy math equation. Matthew, Romans 5.18. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to how many people? All men. Resulting in condemnation. But, watch this, same verse, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. That's, that's, to me, man, I can do that math. One man messed up, put the sin nature in us, one man perfect came down, took it away. If I put my faith in what he did, I'm saved. If I put my faith in the fact that he eliminated sin when he died on the cross, I am saved. Amen. This isn't that hard, is it? This is important. You know how to tell someone. You're not going to get somebody saved by telling them to go read uh, the book of Amos. Or go read uh, Psalms. Go read, you know, don't take them simple. Get them to the cross. Get them to Jesus. Let them figure the rest out later. But they need, you're not going to run someone into the emergency room when you're hemorrhaging and give them an aspirin. Amen. They need, they need serious help. They need to stop the bleeding. They need Jesus. And so right here in Romans 5, 12 and 18, we see the math equation. I'm a sinner, but Jesus took the sin away. One man sinned, one man justified us all. One man condemned us all, one man justified us all. That's easy. And guess what? No one's ever done it before. No one's ever done it since. Born of the Spirit. Born of a virgin. Born conceived of the Holy Spirit so he would not enter into the bloodline. How many understand that? I'm just doing some basic 101 of soul winning tonight. We're, we're saved because Jesus was born of a virgin. If he had been born of man, then, his, then the sin bloodline would be in us. But because he was born of a virgin, there's no sin in him. He was born, he was perfect. And he was human, but he did not sin. And that's very key to your faith. And then we end. Oh, sorry. Then we go to Romans. Uh, we're still in five, right? I, I got ahead of myself a little bit. There's a couple more verses in Romans 5 that are really good. This is, this is powerful. Six, seven, and eight. Write that down. And you can actually... You can read those first, or you can read the other ones. Actually, I think the order I'm going in is the right order, okay? I think this is the way you need to, to, to lead it, okay? Because they need to have the math equation first. And then Romans 5, 6, and 7, and 8 says this. Watch. When we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But watch this. God, this is the key, verse 8, demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Powerful verse. Powerful verse. While we were sinners, 
He did See, that's the biggest thing. Talking to the guy today, I said, hey man, do it right now. Because you're never going to get good enough to be saved. You're never going to get it all together enough to be saved. You're never going to have it all right. You're, you're always going to be messed up. You're always going to be a sinner. On your best day, you're still a sinner. Saved by grace. Now, we know what we teach and then what the Bible teaches that that don't mean you can just do whatever you want because he expects righteousness. He expects responsibility. But even on your best day, you're still a sinner. Without Jesus Christ, you're, you're damned. You're lost. You're going to hell. You're, you have AIDS. But he's the antidote. And as long as you keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, you have the antidote. And you cannot go to hell. You will not go to hell. You will not lose this fight as long as you keep your eyes on Jesus and understand that while you were a sinner, he died for you. In your worst state, he did not wait for you to get cleaned up. How many times have you talked to somebody and they say, man, when I get it all together, I'll come to church. And they die in their sin. They never get it all together. Don't tell those people, no, you ain't gonna tell, just tell them right out, you're never gonna get it together. Just let them know up front. You're not gonna do it. You need Jesus. It's almost like you can try all day long. If I tried right now, I don't care how many days I trained. I don't, ha- I don't care how many days I worked out, how much weight I lost, how much I did in the weight room. I could not jump from this stage to that stage over there. There's no way. It's too, it's too great a gap. And there's no one in the world that could jump from that stage to the other stage. It's the same with sin. We cannot get to God without Jesus. Period. Yet the world's trying all these different ways. And they're trying to fill this void inside that they cannot fill, that only Jesus can fill. Amen. Recognize that in the world. So John 3, 16 and 17. Romans 3, 23. Romans 6, 23. Romans 5, um, 12 and 18. Romans 6, Five, sorry, five, six, seven, and eight. And then we close with this Roman road in chapter 10. And you've heard me say this every service that I've ever prayed with somebody at the altar. Romans chapter 10, nine and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Watch this. For with the heart... One believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And you can add 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what's called the good news. Amen? The good news. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen, Donnie? Whoever, anyone, no matter how lost they are, no matter how messed up they are, no matter how, how stinky they are, no matter how ugly or good they are, don't matter. They're all lost. We're all lost. We all fall short. There's only one answer, and it's Jesus. We need to get these people to Jesus, and we need to get them now. Share your faith. People have got questions. You've got the answers. You just don't realize it. Because we try to philosophize sometimes, and we try to think, well, uh, you know, what's the best answer? Jesus is the only answer. Let Jesus be the answer to every question that they have. This Bible's got the answers, but you've got to realize it takes a while to navigate this thing. So don't try to get them to navigate before they learn how to put their hands on the steering wheel. 
Jesus is the answer. Amen? Amen. Now, right before we close, does anybody have a question? I don't usually do this in a service, but on what we just talked about, does anybody have a question? I'm going to take just a couple of minutes to answer any questions somebody have what we just talked about, not off the subject or anything, but just right there, what we've talked about, maybe a question that's been asked to you, maybe something you run into, maybe you've had a thought of about salvation, how to lead someone to the Lord, and something's come up. Is there anybody that has any kind of question about that that I can try to answer? Okay. Not right. 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 That's a very good question. Very good question. And you're going to get that. And if you know, even if you don't get the question, you're going to get that thought by people. And there, I, I, there's many, many scriptures on, on that as far as an answer. But the answer we have to understand is, is the problem that people have is when they call on the name of the Lord, the, God knows their heart. And the problem is, is too many people are trying to get to God through steps instead of relationship. And so you need to get that person back to the question. Okay, you accepted Jesus when you were in Bible school, but where is he now? And they'll ask themselves the question of what they'll know whether he's still there or not. Because God can only live in a place where he's accepted. And so sometimes you can try to say, well, again, that, and that's an excellent question. But always push them back to relationship. I think that's the key. Because even though I can quote scriptures and I can tell things from the Bible and the Bible needs to be quoted and the scriptures need to be quoted, I told these guys today the true reason that I'm, I'm saved and know I'm saved is my life is different. I said I'm not the same person that I was before I met God. There's a power of change in my life. I'm not the same person. I did things different before that I don't do now. But then I also explain at the end, that doesn't mean my flesh doesn't want to do those things. Then you get back on the level field that I'm not better than you. I'm just saved. And I have a relationship with God and he helps me. Because a lot of times when they'll, if they're, if they're, you know, it's, it goes back to that same thought of, you know, if I told my wife I loved her when we got married and I thought that was enough, it's obvious we're not going to have a very good marriage. So you can't go back to just some one prayer you did it as, a, as a child. You have to walk this thing out. Okay? So that, that's, that's really important is that you go back to the heart part of it. But that's a good question. Anybody else? Some, some question you've been asked? Like that? Something... Yeah, yes. Yeah, and I think that that's going along the same answer as Nicole's. There's a big difference between someone saying a prayer and converting because the conversion it means you change. It doesn't mean you don't struggle again. It doesn't mean you don't make mistakes again. It means that there's a change and you no longer want to do the things you used to want to do before. And as you begin to fight the, the battle of flesh every day in your salvation... Flesh is going to take you back consistently to that place of, of sinning again. And you have to ask your own self the question, 
did I really give my life to the Lord? Or did I just say a prayer like they say a jailhouse religion, like some people say, I did it because I was trying to get something out of it. it again, this, this is why I said it goes back to you asking, you need to always put the, they're going to ask you questions and you put it back on them. So they can answer the question because the problem is, is you can go back and forth with scriptures on the exterior, but only God knows where the condition of their heart is. So you need to push it back on them. So you saw with that guy that I was talking to today, he said, I might just get saved. I could have said, hey, say this prayer with me right now. I could have said it. And he might have said it with me. But did he do it because I asked him to do it or because he wanted to do it? But because I gave him the the road, I gave him the opportunity. I told him what to do. Now, if he if he really wants to change, he's going to go and do it. Now, I'm not saying that there's not times. If he'd asked me, hey, would you say that prayer with me right now? But I gave him the opportunity, and I, I laid it out for him. But you've got to ask yourself, I think that's the difference. When somebody's saved, they, they might have done it for some reason that it wasn't real. And they weren't willing to change. You, if you look at the scriptures, the Bible tells us, Jesus says, the way to be saved is that you bear fruit, for one. But he says you have to take up your cross and follow me. It, 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 not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, is going to go to heaven. It's those that take up their cross daily and die to their flesh and live for Christ. And, don't, and aren't war, war, worn down and, and controlled by this world and by the things of this world. Johnny? Okay, excellent question. I talked to that guy today from Iraq. See, there's no, there aren't, there are, you have to understand that sometimes there's no answer. And that goes back to my first question. Why are you hungry? We don't know why we get hungry. You can go to a scientific reason for it, but you eat because you're hungry. Why are you hungry? Why do you want to eat? I don't know. I'm just hungry. There's something in there. Sin nature is in us when we're born. If I put a $5 bill on this pulpit or down on the stairs and I just left it there for a while, most of the kids in here probably at a certain age would come up and grab that $5 bill and take it. Because you don't have to teach someone to steal. You have to teach them not to steal. Sin nature is in you when you're born. So bad is in you when you're born. And when that guy from, from Iraq, who spent six years over there, and said, I don't think I could, be, I could be forgiven for all I've done, I said, you know what you need to do? Instead of focusing on the question, where was God? Why did all these people die? Because he came back messed up because he saw so much bad stuff. And it made him question if God was real. And I said, instead of focusing on the fact of where was God, focus on the fact of how bad bad is, how bad sin is, how, ba- how ugly the devil is. You can, if, if, if bad is real, then good has to be real too. See what I'm saying? You can't have one without the other. So if it's really bad, then that's a fact. But that bad makes me realize there has to be a good. There always has to be two sides to everything. And so focus, sometimes you've got to get them, be real about it. Oh, man, you know, you know it's not, it wasn't as bad as you thought. Man, I told that guy, man, I have no idea what you went through. I can only imagine. I said, it's horrible. But then you know what I did? I took him to a Bible story. I said, there was a guy just like you, worse, in the Bible named Saul. I said, you might have killed some people over there when you were in Iraq. You might have done some things you didn't want to do. I said, this guy Saul, he killed Christians. He killed God's people. He was standing there when the first martyr died holding the cloaks of the people as they stoned him to death. And on his way, I told him this story. I said, on his way to kill more Christians, he had a conversion experience. And Jesus opened up the skies and said, why are you persecuting me? 
and he gave his life to the Lord and then he turned into Paul and he wrote two thirds of the Bible I said you can be forgiven we need to learn the Bible so that we can bring stories out because you know what's so cool about the Bible sometimes how many have read something in the Bible and I'll close up with this how many have ever read something in the Bible and you went golly I wish God wouldn't have put that in there that's kind of embarrassing I have Man, what in the world? I, I put something, other, I think, yesterday on Instagram. Thank God we're under grace. Thank God. I was reading Numbers 15, and this guy was out on the Sabbath working on his field. And they, they told the people, and God said, stone him. Like, whoa, why'd you put that in there, God? Why'd you put in that stuff that happened with Ham and Japheth and you know, this incest and the adultery and David's, you know, all this. Why'd you do that? Because he's showing that we're human. He's, he, he, he's, Jerry Springer ain't got nothing on the Bible. <laughs> Jerry Springer can't hang. The Bible's crazy, man. But you know why it shows, it, God could have kept all that out and made it look all perfect, but then nobody would be able to relate. He left those stories in there to show, man, that no matter how messed up you are, if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. That's why it says whoever calls. It doesn't say good people or bad people. It says whoever. And you need to, you always, that's why I said, you always got to get these people back to relationship. And if, if you ask the Holy Spirit, when they say something, he'll lead you to a, some kind of story, some kind of Bible scripture that you can tell them about and let that word get in them. Don't always try to, man, if I didn't get them saved, I'm a failure. No, you're not. You're planting seed all the time you can't change anybody no one could change you you had to get to a place where the Holy Spirit was working on you and you had that conversion experience you said I'm sick and tired of living life the way I'm living I want to try I want to change